Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. The Toddcast Podcast. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and at ToddHancock.ca. How are you, man? Good, man. How are you? Good. Right on. So, well, this I'm is... trying to get in a good angle here. Did we try to do this before and I screwed it up or someone's, we, I couldn't connect? It's been, uh, oh, you're, they're all green now. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, we did a little back and forth, little uh, email dance to get yeah, this, well, uh, you know. For, uh, thanks for circling back on that. Uh, of course, yeah. No, I'm, uh, I, I initially when they asked, uh, I guess probably in like the summertime, it was one of those like, I was like, I don't really feel like doing it, but it like, you know, in my summer, because I'm a teacher at BCIT. Beyond, oh, okay. Beyond this podcast and stuff, right? So I was kind of like, ah, I was in summer mode and I was like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, I'll do it, whatever. Uh, and then it never happened and i was like all right well we still got to make this happen so yeah so thank you man for uh for taking some time and and yeah, hanging yeah, thank and you. you know as a, as a radio guy i don't know if you know my the back my back uh history from just podcasting and stuff but i did 20 years of radio uh in canada i did uh oh shit 12 okay. years afternoon show at, at Fox, the rock station here in vancouver so when i got let go that's when i got into podcasting i'm into like year nine now but so, like, I'm super intrigued with your career path. I guess selfishly because of my career path. Like, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, thank and you. kind of knowing, like, man, the, the the correlations between radio and and a comedian, and like, you know, traveling down that path. Like, there, the there's so many things that intertwine and mix with each other. Like, you know, as a, as an on air performer, I'm I'm very aware of my surroundings. I'm very aware of things that happen in my world that everybody can relate to. Do you know what I mean? And totally. And, and you kind you kind of need that in in comedy as well. And yeah. I'm wondering like how do you store that here? Are you one of those guys that's like fu- something funny and pump it into your phone or like what do you I have uh, if I printed my note page or notepad in my phone that has all of my premises of observations and things that pop in my head, even at two o'clock in the morning. I mean, if I printed it, it would be six miles long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always putting stuff in my phone. Always. I'm like, Oh my God, that's a bit, that's a bit, that's a bit. And then sometimes then I'll scroll for an hour trying to find something I want to work on because there's just, it's almost too much stuff in there. Mm, mm, Interesting. And then sometimes I'm like, what the hell was I smoking when I put this in my phone? I don't even know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Let me find that strain because that's a good strain. Um, and so like do you find that hard to turn that stuff off? Oh yeah, I never turn it off. Yeah. It's a sickness. It's turned into sickness, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean yeah, dude, like your your career path is like uh <laughs> like so you you read you read why you, you get into doing comedy and and it's truly that, right? It's about telling the stories and being that person at a at a dinner table that you know can keep people entertained and engaged and and that sort of thing and like it was literally that that easy well, to make the transition or like well i wanted to do comedy since i was a kid right and i ended up in doing radio because it was safer stand up comedy always yeah. seemed terrifying to me same yeah 
and, and, and I couldn't wrap my head around being that vulnerable and going up there. But the goal was to always entertain, and I loved music. Um, so I gravitated towards radio, and, you know, radio was a completely different thing. It was a big deal when I was a kid, man. Those DJs were, were you know, the morning shows uh, that I grew up listening to were very entertaining and very creative. And, you know, I don't feel like there's a lot of creative people left in radio uh, at times. I think what happens in radio, uh, if I can quickly cut you off, is that they leave it to, to just the morning show. Right. The only show that can have any sort of personality or push buttons or hit those hot topics and, and all that stuff, the, the stuff that I was saying, like, where, where do you put it? You know, you get those ideas, you got to be able to execute that stuff. And I think that that's what's happening with radio is that they're losing those key positions and day parts that should, could and should exercise those muscles. Uh, agreed. And, uh, you know, PPM was pretty much the death of creativity on radio. Everything's got to be ppm friendly you know uh, talking right. about uh, the, the ratings the portable people meter um wasn't that a big song in the 60s it yeah, was the one night purple purple people meter <laughs> uh that's great yeah but you're right though you know because then they start to really get nitpicky and like oh did that work did that break work did that song work should we play that feature like you yeah, know, let's, let's let's make fun radio. Like that's what yeah. radio is, right? Should be fun. You started hearing PPM friendly, PPM friendly, PPM friendly, and it's like, well, what happened to creative friendly or or listener friendly or you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, the old paralysis by analysis. Basically, is where you're at with that. I think. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, um, with with radio, they it's funny that they pay the people to do the jobs they are good at or pros at mm -hmm. we'll put you on we'll put you in on, on air because you're good at talking you know the music uh, we'll put you in promotions because you're good at you know that side of the industry or whatever blah 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 but then they'll go and they'll get other people to nitpick their station or like hey, what should we be playing well why don't you talk to the jocks that are on your station the people that you trust <laughs> To be the yeah, front line of this, but and and then we're gonna it's like, hire you because you're funny and entertaining and yeah. you're good at talking, but we're not gonna let you do any of those things. But let's get a consultant for that sort of shit. Like that's the stuff that blew me away. Because then I would always be like, well, why don't like why don't you get our two cents out of it? And it would be like, well, you're too close to the product. You're you know you're that uber nerd, but not everybody is. And it's like, right. but yeah. shouldn't you be relying on those uber nerds? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, yeah it's, totally. it, it's trippy. So what's uh, what's the music then in your house as a kid growing up and stuff? Um, my parents were both big country music fans. Uh, my dad was even in a country band. Um, oh, God, they were terrible. I don't even remember what they were called. Uh, and I would get drugged down there to listen to that nonsense a lot of times on the weekends. But, you know, I grew up uh, an 80s rocker, man. I mean, you know, um, yeah. I've still... Maybe every generation thinks this, but I still feel like 80s music was the best music in all genres. Uh, yeah. 80s music was just incredible. That was an incredible time for music. So, uh, but that that was my jam. I was uh, I was big hair bands. Yeah, same. And and like you know, to to your point, like 80s and it was the both the videos and then suddenly there's yeah. Friday night videos and there's yeah. good rocking tonight. And of course MTV. And then 
I don't know. I think maybe much got into like maybe the late 80s, much music here in Canada, like maybe the late 80s, early 90s kind of thing. But yeah, it's like in that 80s when all these videos were brand new and some were really in incredible, like AHA or you know, yeah, yeah. Duran Duran had some cool shit as yeah, well. Yeah, well, MTV was cool then. They actually, that's when they showed videos. And, and uh, I don't even know if they've showed a video in the last 10 years or is there even still an MTV? I don't even know. I know, right? It's like, oh man, it's disappointing that that side of the industry. I mean, I guess even kind of just music in general is kind of yeah, yeah. You know, there is an MTV. It's still, fallen right? to that. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I think that there's still MTV. <laughs> How crazy that we're that's even hilarious that both of us were like. I really don't know. Well, can guarantee they they're not playing videos, which is you know, which is a shame. It became and, reality and, TV. Yeah, totally. That's what it's going to be. That or, you know, I know that they were doing a lot of Beavis and Butthead for a while there, too. Like that sort yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, if you're going to have a, a station like, you know, especially something like that niched, you know, maybe follow through with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not call it music television. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe rename it, I guess. Re time for a rebrand. There was never that uh, SWAT meeting. You know, right. No, yeah. Nobody said something at a SWAT meeting. Like, uh, yeah. And what was your first concert, man? Uh, my first concert was Dio, Ronnie James Dio in 1984. Nice. Holy Diver, I think, might have been the tour. Holy I don't Diver. know, I don't know for Dude, sure, but I went with my brother, my older brother, and his friends, and I was probably too young to be at that concert, but it blew my mind. Sorry, let me turn that down. Um, yeah, that was wild. And then I was hooked on concerts after that, man. I saw everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, huge part of my life too, right? Like that's why I got into radio was because of music, and like it wasn't because I mean I guess kind of I'm a performer, but really it was about the music, and I was like, man, how cool would that be to be backstage drinking Eddie Van right. beer, you know? Yeah, I remember when I decided to, to try to uh, or to pursue radio as a career. I same thing. I I was listen, I would listen to this morning show, the Morning Mayor, Dave Pratt, the Morning Mayor in Phoenix. Okay. Um. <laughs> on 98 rock and just remember thinking i don't know that there could possibly be a cooler job than playing music entertaining people and going to concerts and, and for free and yeah i was just like blown away like that 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 was a reality for some people and so totally I, yeah and when i got into radio i remember the goal was you know, when I was interning or whatever, hanging banners and shit, I thought if I could just get a full-time shit, I didn't give a shit if, if I was still poor. I was like, if I could just pay my truck payment and my rent and eat, I'm good. I, I don't, they don't need to pay <laughs> me shit. I just want to, like, if I can pay my bills doing what I love, I'll feel like the most successful human being in the world. And so I, but I always approached everything from that point on with that mindset. It was never about the money when I went into records or whatever the hell I did. And I think that's why I got so frustrated with radio because I started growing in the company and coming, you know, an executive and a VP and all that bullshit, mm. all the fancy titles with the nice office and the parking space. And it just, the further up I went, the more I made the, the, the further removed from what I really loved, I became, and it just made me miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Radio's got a good way of doing that, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it just became so corporate, you know, and well, you start to pick it apart, right? Yeah. 
it's cor- well, yeah, it, it's corporate regardless. When so. they deregulated, it was the what the Telecommunications Act of '96. I think is when Clinton said one person could own more than you know. It used to be a lot of mom and pops before that, and right. um, then then corporations came in and gobbled all the stations up, and then you had lawyers and. He had to run it through seven lawyers before you could do a promotion. And, uh, they just just ruined it. But, uh, yeah, it just became more and more corporate and less and less, you know, uh, fun and creative. And it just sucked the soul out of me. And that's I'm glad it did, though, because it forced me to finally do what I love, uh, really love the most and wanted to do the most. Right. Right. And, and like, so for for the comedy side of things, like who's killing it right now? Do you think? Uh, I'm a big fan of Bill Burr. Yeah. He's, he's one of my favorites. I mean, you can't have this conversation without talking about, uh, Dave Chappelle, Chris, uh, Chris, um, uh, uh, rock, his, his special recently, was unbelievable. You can't have this conversation without talking about Kevin Hart. Right. Uh, but, yeah, th- those are, the, you know, um, I feel like I'm forgetting one or two that I should be. But it just depends. Look, I, uh, Nate Bergazzi is amazing. Uh, kid, I yeah. find him to be brilliant because yeah. clean comedy, I know how hard that is because I'm not clean. Um, yeah, I'd be yeah, hard to be Clean, yeah, those right? clean guys is yeah, there's a whole yeah. different skill set there. I think somebody that that I think is joke for joke one of the funniest fucking people out there that's not on that uh A-list level that should be in my opinion is Dusty Slays. I find him to be so damn funny. Okay. Um you familiar with him? No, but I'm going to look after. Uh, I I can't remember. Uh, the, there's been a couple guys lately that are again aren't eight listers for, but they're but they're certainly funny. A guy named Mark. Um, he has a Mark Normand. I think is his last name. Okay, and he has a podcast that's pretty funny as well. But he's he's definitely worth checking out. And then Mark also does a drinking podcast with a guy. I can't blank it on his name, but he's another funny comedian. Uh, and that's how I actually found both of them was through this podcast. So I was like, I was like, man, these guys are pretty funny, right? And then individually yeah. check them out, and they're, and they're like, holy shit! Like their comedy is really really good, yeah. but they're not well known guys. But yeah, you got to check out Dusty Slay. He he's a beast. Um, you know, and then the influences were, were uh, uh, Sam Kennison was the guy, man. He's the reason, uh, you know, he's the reason he's, he's, he's the reason uh, I'm, I'm doing comedy right now. Yeah. I mean, and, and some of the stuff, when you think back to some of the stuff, like especially um, um, Delirious, you know, Eddie Murphy, like could that show today be put on? No. I mean, you could, but you take no you, you take zero people, chance. His, right, he like, would be canceled tomorrow, right. and it surprises me. And I, because I loved Eddie Murphy, anyway, he's another reason. Actually, I, I consider him a really big influence. That delirious special, sure. I, watched, I could, I could do the whole thing frontwards and backwards back then. Yeah. Um, and you know what amazes me about that is, you know, nowadays people are in love with going back in time and finding what you tweeted or said. And canceling you, right? Um, right, right? Which I think is insane because it was a different time, different, you know, doesn't. But anyway, my point is, Eddie Murphy 
says, uh, you know, refers to homosexuals as the F word in there like 15 times. Yeah. Uh, never do that now. No. I'm not advocating for him to be canceled for it, by the way. I, you know. No, no, me, me neither. We're just saying like different time, different, you know. But you wouldn't, if that did come out today, his career would be over tomorrow for a lot of the things he said in there. Um, but I do think we need to stop looking for reasons to cancel people because Eddie Murphy is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. And, and so did you get into the Canadian stuff like SCTV, Bob and Doug? Did that soak into your world at all? Or No, I, uh, I don't mess with Canadian stuff because I'm not allowed in the country. So <laughs> until I'm allowed in the country, I'm not going to. Uh, right. No, yeah. no. I'm, I'm not kidding about not being allowed in the country, but. Right. Um, no, but so who is, who's this? Well, that's older stuff, though. Like, this is going back to, like, the, like, Saturday Night Live, but back in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s kind of thing, right? Oh, okay. No, yeah, no, I'm more familiar with, obviously, you know, what, Jim Carrey and, uh, you know, the big, there's several Canadian. Oh, I there's should... tons of big Canadian actors. For yeah, sure. very big. Uh... Yeah. Like Martin Short, Eugene Levy. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, but, I feel like I'm forgetting one obvious one besides Jim Carrey, but uh, Dan Aykroyd. There you go. Yeah, the one. Yeah, there's so many. Uh, I should dig into the Canadian stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and and so how did how did your uh, we're talking about specials and stuff? Like, how did your uh, Nash Vegas thing turn out? And like, when you do a, a special like that, you know it's going to be recorded. Is it like harder to pull that show off uh yeah you know it especially it's when it's the first time you walk on stage and and see cameras everywhere um but you know i filmed it in nashville and in las vegas and the, and the special jumps back and forth and so let's nashville. be honest that, yeah. that takes a lot of pressure off when when you know if you fuck it up you could get it right in vegas tomorrow night yeah, I got a mulligan on each joke. Yeah, and that's not why I did it. Because, look, I, I, I'm sure you're aware, most specials are two takes uh, folded into one, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. so um, maybe I shouldn't be giving insider secrets out. Yeah, like that. pulling the screen open. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure most people know that. But but uh, it's it's not why I did it. I didn't do it. No, of course not. Make it easy, like, because I didn't think I could do... Like, I'm going to release the entire Vegas and the entire Nashville set um, as a some bonus footage stuff anyways. Right. So, you know, it's not like, you know, when you when it comes time to film a special, it's not like you can't do all 50 minutes. Uh, you know, you wouldn't be filming a special if you didn't have the confidence that you could go up there and, and do that. Right. Uh, but I did it because I started, people started calling me Nash Vegas, uh, in, especially in Las Vegas, because I started doing open mics in Nashville, but I really learned how to do comedy in Las Vegas. And I couldn't pick a city that I wanted, uh, and I wanted to film my special in. They both just mean too much. And then I asked, well, can't we just film it in both places and have it pop back and forth? And everybody loved the idea, so we went with it. Nash Vegas is such a rad 
name nickname <laughs> so. yeah thanks man so people now call me Na mr nash vegas <laughs> that's great the special is named nash vegas and uh yeah so there you go well that's funny and what which shows have you been uh binge binge uh watching lately um you know i don't really watch tv i don't watch anything i, I really? watch as much comedy i watch a lot of comedy specials um just because I'm a fan of comedy. Yeah, so you're ripping into YouTube a lot or what? Um, well, mostly, you know, Netflix, Amazon. Oh, true. But, yeah, yeah. But I don't really watch, uh, and YouTube, but I don't watch anything really uh, other than sports and comedy. Oh, yeah. What are, what are you into for sports? I love all sports. I, well, I mainly really? football. I'm mostly, uh, well, I got to be honest. I don't like football as much as I used to. It's mm. not the gladiator shit that it used to be. You know, but uh, well, hockey's I, like that too now. Yeah, hockey. Yeah, sure. I'm a Steelers fan. I like, I, you know, there. There, I got to be honest. There are times, you know, I used to laugh at my friends that would tell me football was fake, like wrestling, and I used to tell them they're nuts. But I'm starting to wonder lately. I got to be honest with you. Really, it's not to that point. Even if it's not fake, the referees have way too much control over who. They, they have a lot of power. Yeah, they definitely have a lot of power. I mean, there are so many questionable calls. It's just ridiculous, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, even in hockey, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know, man. There, 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 there was a talk of maybe even taking hitting out. That's ridiculous. Like, hit, no hitting in hockey? Really? That's right. hockey? I bet that would really bother you as a Canadian. Oh, dude, I would stop watching it. I mean. If I want to do that, I'll watch my the, kids the, get the, the Canadians got it right with that sport. Oh yeah, it's a rough sport, man. You want to get well. It's it's look. You go to a live hockey game. There's no better sport live, period, in my opinion. And I, I challenge anyone to convince me otherwise. You know who who there was a comedian. I'm sure you heard the joke that they went to a, a boxing a match and a hockey game broke out. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally right. Like you, you better you can't you better be. Tough as nails to play hockey. Period. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you're we have two national sports, right? Uh, and the other one is lacrosse, which is even worse. It's just not as fast because you know you can only go as fast as you can run. But it's like you know you you can slash someone with your stick if you're running playing lacrosse, right? You got hands on your stick, you're good to go. Yeah. What is it about Canadians and flinging shit around and slashing rough, people? man? Right? Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. Um, oh, man. Hey, uh, uh, I know I told you I'd be about 20. We're into, I think we're just a little past 20 now, so I don't want to steal too much of your time, but I do have a few more. Oh, questions. you're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. Right. okay. Okay. Good. Right. Good. Good. Uh, you strike me as a guy that would uh, have read a lot of comic books as a kid. Yes? Uh, or yes. Absolutely did. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Same. I've got like boxes and boxes still to this day. I, I wish I, I would have. I, I wish I would have kept them, and I didn't. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I I uh, stupidly got rid of a lot of hockey cards. Kind of just whatever. I wasn't thinking the collecting that way, but yeah. the comic books, man, I've got a lot of comic books. Yeah, it's crazy. But so, I bet they're worth a lot. I bet you they're worth a lot too. Yeah. What What were you into? You're gonna laugh. This is probably the silliest damn comic. You can think of, and I used to, 
be obsessed with this comic when I was a kid, and maybe it's because I was poor. But Richie Rich. Okay. Loved Richie Rich. When this kid buys everything, anything he wants, he gets it. It blew my mind because, you know, I was dirt-ass poor growing up in the middle of Arizona in a trailer. Uh, And it it fascinated the shit out of me, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read a lot of that uh, as a kid. I I, I read a lot of the Archie as well. Loved Archie. I loved Archie. I was never into the superhero shit, though. Oh, you didn't get into the superhero stuff. Okay. Ah, I liked the, the, and I, you know, I'm the same way with movies. I always have been. I'm, I'm, I like stuff that's like possible. Yeah. You know, like I never got into the action movies or the, you know, it's like got to be a little realistic. Like, you know, the Archie and the Richie, it was just about life. It was just silly stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. So, but I never, I never got into the Marvel shit or any of that. Well, that makes sense, though, right? Because we're, you know, we're talking off the top there, and it's like you need to be able to relate to people. And if it's so far over the top, like if you need to suspend your disbelief so much, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, in the same breath, I will say I fucking love those superhero movies. Like eye candy, put put your attention at the, you know, leave it at the door and just come in and just mind, you know, mind numbing, just good stuff in that way. I do like it for that. Yeah, a lot of my friends do as well. I loved the Superman movie when I was a kid, the first one with uh, that, that uh, Christopher Reeves. Was that his name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like The, the original, original Superman. Or maybe that wasn't even the original. But. I think that was the original. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I liked that one. Other than that, they got carried away. I probably liked the original Batman and... Just yeah. like all the other great movies, you know, once once you're past part two, uh, enough already, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's tough tough to beat the original for sure. Yeah, um, how many goddamn Batman's do we need? That's I mean, stop it already. <laughs> they really have done the Batman series, right? So many actors, so many different shows, and yeah, good grief. <laughs> do you do you get recognized very often? No, you don't, eh? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on that level yet. And I'm all right with you're on that path, though. Um, you know, I want to say hopefully, but also I don't know if I want to say hopefully. Um, I definitely am not interested in fame at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to make a I'm right back to where I said in the radio. I just want to pay my bills doing what I love. You know what I mean? Only, only I had it wrong in radio because I wanted to just make enough to pay my car payment. And make the rent and eat. Now I'd like to have a little bit more than that. Sure, Do yeah. What I'll, I love, so I'll have that, but then a little bit more. Maybe a nicer car, a nicer house, and a lot of golf. You know, sure. be able to be generous with all my friends, and and you know, like I don't, I don't need to have millions and millions, but I definitely need, you know, a couple million. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't. I could definitely go without the fame. No, I, I don't. I don't think anything. Yeah, same. Like I'll take the money that comes with that fame, but the fame can like no thanks. All day, and unfortunately, a lot of times, and especially in what I'm doing now, one you pretty much have to have one or the other. Yeah, the money's not going to come without the fame. Yeah, and what came first, the fame or the fortune? I don't know. I don't know we're going to be chasing it for a while. We got a chicken and egg situation here. We don't know. <laughs> Byron, hit us with a 
it's not a question, but it's more of a, of a story. I want to know a time in your life where you could have died, like a, a near death story. Uh, well, I was riding my bike home from the bar drove the other night and crashed it. And that hurt like a son of a bitch, but, uh, <laughs> like your pedal bike or your actual bike bike a pedal bike. Yeah. We will. We don't need to get into that. story. I, I, I oh my God. definitely, uh, I've, I've gone over the over the bar, the handlebars of a ten speed. I was riding riding to a buddy's place, and I was carrying a, a six pack of beer. And as I'm riding, I was like, "I'm riding with no hands." And I was like, "Oh, let's put the beer down on the handlebars." And of course, as soon as I did that, yeah, you know, pulled the yeah. hand, pulled it this way, and I looked straight over. I'm wearing a helmet, thankfully, like totally munched a big chunk out of the helmet. Like, yeah, well, my dumbass wasn't even wearing a helmet, and I need to. I think that so. This isn't really the answer to your question, but yeah, the other night, my stupid ass, I, I can go to my favorite little restaurant bar on a bike through bike trails. I don't have to get on traffic or put anybody's life in danger or mine really to, to any real extent, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, but it got dark because it's been getting dark earlier, and my dumbass, I'm riding back, and I think, well, let me take the scenic route along the beach. It's pitch fucking dark. What am I talking about? The scenic route. You couldn't see shit out there. Right. Hopefully there's no logs in the way. Yeah. I'm like, let's take the peaceful scenic route. It's pitch dark. And the, the little path is in between, you know, it's in a park, like grass. I'm cutting through. And uh, my tire just slips off in between the, 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 the concrete and the grass and gets stuck in that groove. And down I went, man. And busted my ass oh my god and it's just like when you know when you, i hadn't hit the ground real hard like that in a long time yeah. you just lay there and scan your body to figure out how much shit you broke yeah yeah and uh man that hurt man, thank god it was dark and no one could see it because there were people milling around but uh that would have been pretty embarrassing but anyway almost died i don't know that i have um hmm I feel like I've almost died every time I get off an airplane. Yeah, right. I've been in a plane for a while. The I always feel like uh, that's a, a real brush with death. But, you know, I had pneumonia once. <laughs> I don't know. I was in the hospital with pneumonia. I don't think I've ever come close to dying, thankfully. Oof, that's to, pretty good, man. Most people I'll have, have to get back at you, though. But, you know, well, I got through my crazy days, so I'm surprised I'm saying that. In my well, 20s, yeah, man. I, I was talking to a buddy. Funny you say that. Uh, we put the crazy days at about 19 or 20. Like, if you can live past 19, 20, 21 years old, like, you're probably going to live a full life. That's true. I would say, to answer your question, every day in my 20s, I probably almost died. Right, dude. Right, yeah. yeah. I was completely out of my fucking mind. I know, right? <laughs> I think we all were at that point. 100%. Yeah. I'm glad to say that now, an exciting day is that I, I fell over on my bicycle. How sad is that? I know, right? It's like, you know, back then it was like, how much fun do I want to have today? Like, what am I putting into my body that I shouldn't be? Or like, what's the yeah. crazy shit on a bike that I'm going to do that I shouldn't do? Or yeah. Yeah, that sort of shit. All right. Uh, I did one... wreck a dirt bike pretty bad once. So Did you really? Yeah, what? I flipped Cracked up, cracked some ribs, broke my collarbone. Oh. I'd have been dead if I didn't have a helmet on on that. There you go. That's definitely a near death story, man. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, like bre breaking collarbones, man. You're fucking. You're doing <laughs> like I, I broke my collarbone. Quick Cole's notes of the story. I, I, I was 
going down a, a, a hill in Terrace. And uh, I let my buddies go about maybe 200 meters ahead of me. And I was like, I'm going to catch you guys. Had no brakes on the bike. I get to the bottom and, I, and I'm and i almost hitting my buddies. So I'm like, get out of the way. And they can't hear me. So I'm like, I just go off to the side. I'm like, oh, let's go on the sidewalk. Well, the inertia of the speed going through the sidewalk. Now I'm going through people's yards. And I eventually go through this, you know, a, a theater with a beveled walkway. And the tire Pac-Man there, again, fly over the handlebars. Slam, slam into a, a telephone pole to stop me. But yeah. I was like, a couple, two, three inches over, man. Yeah. My head. No good. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude. Crazy. That's crazy. Here we are. We made yet, it. We're survivors. And yet, here we are, baby. Here we are. Here we are. All right. Uh, yeah. Byron, last question. Hardest question, I think. What, especially considering your career, man, like pick one career highlight or, or is that just impossible? No, um, I would have to say doing the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee, and standing in the circle where Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash have stood. Um, and, you know, that place sells out every night, 5,000 people. Uh, it's, uh, it was an out-of-body experience for sure. And you have to be invited. It's invite only. You can't book it. Wow. You know? And they'll throw a comedian in from time to time in between the acts. Uh, so that for sure. Well, can I give you two answers? Well, no, yeah. that's, that's, that's going to be. Dude, that's, yeah. I mean, if you can beat that, even you think something that's well, on the level. radio, the highlight of my radio career was when Howard Stern was talking about me because he was my hero and, he talked about me for like 10 minutes one time. and Oh, did he really? That's pretty rad. It, and uh, yeah, I was having friends of mine from all over the country blowing me up because he's on in different time zones. So I had friends three hours before it aired in California texting me like, holy shit, dude, Howard Stern's talking about you right now. And yeah, that was wild. So That's crazy. And, yeah. and, and so for the Grand Old Opry, like your knees are shaking as you're walking on stage that sort of like holy shit I, I, I was terrified yeah i was so worried that an f-bomb might slip out or and i'd never be invited back because you got it it's family friendly it's wholesome it's it's the grand old opry you know um and i have a lot of respect for the opry and for country music and uh yeah that yeah, you don't want to accidentally let something out yeah that was scary that walking out on that stage was scary you know, and then, you know, a friend of mine, he's the a club owner in Vegas, Matt. Um, I was really nervous about doing the opera. And I was like, dude, what if I bomb? Like, you know, I'm, I'm not a clean comic and I got to be clean. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not overly raunchy either. But he, he said and it actually it actually really set my mind at ease. He goes, dude, so what if you bomb? He goes, how many comics comics can say they bombed the Grand Ole Opry? <laughs> he goes that'll be a hell of a story i go yeah that's a good point that will make a good story totally right it's like that that's better than telling people just to imagine them that they're naked like right right it actually naked. gave me i was like you know what I, at least i'm coming out of this with a good story it'll be painful while it's happening right how people will forever love that i went and bombed at the grand Ole Opry. like like my buddy willie barcena uh got booed off the stage at the apollo twice in the same night <laughs> no <laughs> i was gonna remember that's that for a, the rest of his life right like that's a great story totally man 
That's that crazy. That's story. crazy. Byron, man, thank you for taking the time. And yeah, and, man, thank like, you for wanting to talk to me. I appreciate it. Yeah, like I said, you know, uh, I found your your story super intriguing, and uh, you know, being that I I traveled down that path, and you know, I love comedy. I'm not a. I think that you know, for me, comedy would almost be like the 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 pinnacle of like testing what I do as a broadcaster do you know what i mean yeah yeah, so yeah. I, I think it's cool that you made that that transition and a smooth transition at that man like your comedy is is dialed and to know like you know that you're a, a radio guy and uh thank you and a record rep a label guy as well and like that's fucking right up my alley so super super uh, stoked to have talked to you today awesome man i appreciate it thank you so right much on, buddy okay so your website is byronkennedycomedy.com byronkennedycomedy.com and on all my socials i'm byron kennedy comedy there you go right i mean keep it all in one place because it's easy to remember baby that's right you got it all right bud have a great uh great day and uh we'll see you online man thanks again right on man thank you so okay. much take, take care. care follow along on instagram twitter facebook youtube and soundcloud find us at toddcast podcast Attention, fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim. The award-winning Pinna original podcast, Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, has new episodes out now. While you've probably heard of the Brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children, and in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real, weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story, but you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest, so there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes.